0: Hi, this is Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with a Slate spoiler special on The Karate Kid remake. Joining me in the Slate studio is John Swansburg. Hello, John. Hello. Who is Slate's culture editor. And John, you're going to have to give us some, uh, some deep background on this one. Why are you here with me spoiling The Karate Kid?
1: Uh, only because The Karate Kid, the original film from 1984, is my favorite movie ever. <laughs> um, I wore a hole in the VHS tape that I owned as a child. Uh, I think How my, old
0: were you when the movie came out?
1: I guess I would have been seven years old when the original came out. Um, but you
0: discovered it a little later.
1: I think I discovered it a little bit later. I think I saw Karate Kid 2 uh, in the theater and that I, I was a, I discovered the VHS uh, version of the original. But I just watch it over and over again. Mostly I would just watch the last um, – you know, 15 minutes, the sort of fight montage at the tournament at the end. Um, but I, I've probably seen the movie, you know, 30 or 40 times all the way through. My best – I think my best Karate Kid bona fide is that um, uh, fans of the movie will recall that on Halloween in the original movie, uh, Mr. Miyagi makes for Daniel-san a uh, ho- Halloween costume that is a shower. He actually goes to the, um, the school Halloween dance as a shower. And I can say that I have gone to my, a school dance, Halloween dance of my own as a shower. <laughs> not, not an easy costume to rig up, I should say. Like it actually, my, uh, my esteem for Mr. Miyagi, which was already high... Only grew uh, when I tried to rig my own shower costume.
0: The man can do karate, grow bonsai trees, and make a very impressive Halloween shower costume. Did you have tinsel for water coming I did. out of the...
1: I had tinsel for water. I was. used, I used sort of PVC piping. Um, I couldn't find the the, the red and, uh, po- white and white polka dot um, shower curtain that Mr. Miyagi has, um, but I, I improvised something that was similar.
0: One day, some Halloween to come.
1: Yeah, I was really popular at that party. Some people didn't realize it was a Karate Kid... Um, reference but they still thought it was an awesome costume because it is an awesome costume but
0: did you did you get a girl to come inside the shower curtain i got yeah
1: i definitely got a girl to (laughs) come and and have a dance she wasn't as hot as elizabeth Shue though
0: so let's talk a little bit about well i want to jump freely from the old to the new karate kid because we should also mention that as more deep background you and i had a viewing together last week of the old karate kid as well which i had never seen in its entirety because i guess because it call yourself a film
1: critic (laughs)
0: Pathetic. But what was the date, the, the release date for the first movie? Eighty six, right?
1: Was it eighty six or eighty four? I thought it was eighty four, but yeah, it was around then.
0: At any rate, eighty four. It was, it was precisely the age at which I was—I graduated high school in eighty four. So I'm sure that I was just old enough to want to shun anything that seemed as as kid like as the Karate Kid, right? And um, and so it somehow slipped past me. And you were absolutely right to say that I had to see it before seeing the remake. I'm so glad I did. I thought the original was really wonderful.
1: You're not just saying that because you knew that I wanted you to like it so badly. Are you? <laughs>
0: well I'm sure that seeing it in your company probably gave me a higher opinion of it than I would have otherwise had but here's the thing that's charmed me about the old one and surprised me actually is that the pacing of that movie is really remarkable for a movie of that kind for It is. A, for a mainstream you know kid becomes champion of a sport type movie it's just very contemplative it's got this long middle section as you know from having seen it 40 <laughs> times Oh, yeah the, the the training section right I mean right. We, t- we want to talk about pacing a little bit before we get into the new one because that's what surprised me about the old one and the new one too. Too, in a way yeah i
1: mean it 's interesting like the movie actually has a, the original movie has a pretty brisk um, pacing as a, as set up you know you have um, mom and uh, single mom and kid who uh, are leaving leave Newark for california um, you know it's it's sort of loosely established that the mom has a new um, job opportunity in California he moves there the the kid Daniel moves there sort of unhappily he he wanted to stay behind and The Northeast, and he sort of falls in with a uh, a friend right when he gets to California, and then sort of goes to a beach party. Probably gets um, beat up really badly by the the bad guys, the the, local toughs, the local toughs uh, led by. Uh, William Zabka, uh, who played uh, Johnny Lawrence, one of the great bad guys in the history of cinema, certainly in the history of 80s cinema. Zabka would go on to be the kind of echt uh, 80s bad guy. Um, And so that sort of whole thing is set up pretty quickly. But then once Daniel... um, Starts you know, meets Mr. Miyagi and uh, starts to get uh, his karate training. Then the movie really slows down. Um, the people who 've seen the original movie will remember there 's the whole rigmarole where Miyagi has Daniel doing all these household chores. Uh, As part of his um, training and Daniel sort of starts out doing it in a somewhat accepting fashion. He waxes the cars. This is the famous wax on wax off uh, moment. He paints Mr. Miyagi's fence. He sands his floor. And then there's, you know, there's a kind of great moment where Daniel says, this is ridiculous. I'm just your kind of errand boy. I'm not learning any karate. And Mr. Miyagi says, actually, you have been learning karate. And he sort of shows him that what, what, waxing the car was actually a great way of blocking a punch. But that whole section takes forever. I mean, it's like this long shank of the movie where, you know, there's a lot of scenes of Daniel painting. Um, and then the movie sort of picks up in pace uh, again at the end where there 's a lot of sort of exciting tournament fighting
0: but but I, I see I think that middle section is precisely what gives the old movie the flavor that it has and how well you know those characters by the end and this scene that both you and I were tearing up o- over during our original karate kid viewing where uh, Mr. Miyagi, after their long time together and after you know they 've gone through all these things together, gives him these presents. He gives him a couple of really significant presents, one of which is a, a robe that he 's going to wear in his final fight, which has a, a patch on the back that mr miyagi 's dead wife embroidered long ago, and the other is that he gives him one of his cars from his car collection, and right. Daniel's completely blown away. And it's just such a beautiful, generous, slow unfolding scene.
1: Absolutely. In addition to that, that long section in the middle being about the training, uh, there's something arduous about the, that middle section, which sort of, you know, is fitting in the sense that it's arduous for Daniel, too. But it's not just that he's learning karate. I mean, he's he's forming this bond with Mr. Miyagi, which is a sort of ment- a traditional mentor-apprentice relationship where Miyagi is kind of teaching him the ways both of karate but also of a kind Kind of Eastern spiritual approach to life, having balance in your life, um, you know, knowing, learning about karate that it's not for offense, it's for defense, that kind of thing. But also, there's a true friendship that's that's born uh, between them. Uh, there's a really powerful scene which I remember uh, I found very deeply affecting as a, as a kid and, and still do. And I say this in all honesty, where um, <clears throat> Daniel sort of stumbles a- upon a very drunk. Miyagi uh, and we, we find out that Miyagi sort of drunk himself into a stupor because it 's the anniversary of the death of his wife and we, and daniel sort of pieces together that his wife died in childbirth with his uh, what would have been Miyagi's son and Miyagi was off serving the United States the United States military and, and but during World War II but uh, his wife died uh, of neglect in an internment camp which is like pretty deep politics for for what people think of as a, a, you know a teen movie about uh, karate chopping
0: right well they never actually say of neglect but it is it is implied it's, in it's, the it's
1: implied yeah it's implied um, he, Miyagi mumbles something about you know they're not they're not having been sufficient care or you know it, it's it's not it suggests. Very lightly in a way that I did not pick up as a ten-year-old, but when you watch it as an adult, I think it's there is some political commentary there, uh, which is nice because it sort of cut, and among other things, it, it kind of cuts through the some of the slightly stereotypical presentation of. Of Miyagi as, as a sort of deliverer of you know Eastern aphorisms.
0: Oh yeah, I want to talk about that more too in relation to the to the new one because I, I find it odd that in so many ways that character that Pat Morita plays in in the old one is is such a stereotype and yet there's not the movie doesn't read as offensive somehow right. and I'm not sure if that's just because of his performance or whether it's just that it's so dated that we accept it in the context of the time.
1: Right. I think it's, I think it's both. I think Morita did a lot like did a lot with the role. Um, and um, and I do think the fact that the that the movie while being somewhat stereotypical and and uh, throwing in a little pan flute at every possible moment. Uh, also, like, you know, the fact that it evoked the Kormatsu decision in internment, I mean, that, you know, it was wrestling with, uh, you know, in its own way, uh, a really sort of uh, dark uh, blot on American history. That, I feel in my mind, that kind of cuts through a little bit of the, you know, uh, Miyagi's, you know, stereotypical way of speaking, you know, in Okinawa, belt me no need rope, hold up pant kind of thing.
0: That line still still got a laugh out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. All right, so we've been spoiling for a while, and we haven't even touched on the new movie yet. Oh, yeah, but I do new th- movie. I do think this deep background is important, because the thing I think that shocked both you and I about the new movie is that it was not a complete desecration and a, a horrible just defiling of the Karate Kid.
1: No, not not at all. I, I was sort of ready to um, think of it that way as, uh, as someone who feels deeply protective of the original, but I, I enjoyed it. It was... Um, I thought it was like almost a nice homage to the to the old movie. I mean, it it, um, it, it actually transplanted a lot of the um, original movie right in, right into the script, well, including like, line for line.
0: Well, structurally, it's almost identical to the old movie, and we right. should talk about the stuff that's different. But in terms of just the scene-by-scene progression, I mean, you and I, having just seen the, the original a few nights before, just kept looking over at each other like, what? That shot is literally framed the same way as in the original, right?
1: Right, yeah. One example is um, fans of the original will remember there's a great moment where – towards the beginning of the original, Daniel goes into... Uh, the Cobra Kai dojo, not realizing it's the dojo where the where the guys who have just beaten him up, uh, Johnny and company, uh, train, and he kind of is observing from the sidelines. Not and then all of a sudden there's this moment where a bunch of the Cobra Kai bow down, and that allows uh, Daniel to see Johnny's face, and he realizes, oh no, I'm in the enemy's uh, lair. And that was that moment was completely
0: blocking and all
1: blocking and all was repeated in the new movie where um, Jaden Smith's character, whose name is Dre, goes to this um, kung Who's fu the new
0: Ralph Macchio, he's a new say. Ralph
1: Macchio. He goes to this uh, Kung Fu. Kung Fu is the new karate, by the way. Uh, dojo. And uh, if dojo is the right word, probably not. Um, and uh, he thinks he's just observing uh, this, you know, uh, karate school at, or sorry, Kung Fu school. And then all the, a bunch of characters bow down and the Chinese William Zabka is revealed and he realizes, oh, no, I'm in the enemy lair. The
0: <laughs> Chinese William Zabka. <laughs>
1: Right, his beware, name is Chang, I believe.
0: Beware the Chinese abg. Well, okay. Well, the big difference that we should start off by making clear is that this movie actually takes place in China, right? So right. at the beginning, actually, the, the montage under the credits again is a move: is a mother and her son, a single mother and her son, moving. But instead of moving across the country, East Coast to West Coast, they're moving across the world from what city are they supposed to live in? At uh, they the start out in Detroit. From Detroit to China, right? right. So, so his mother. Um, Jaden Smith's mother, who's played by Taraji Henson, has just gotten a job in China, which seemed realistic enough that an auto executive or an auto – however she works in the auto industry. Yeah, I don't actually think sure. she was
1: executive level. It seemed like no, no, their, no, their means wealthy were very enough, modest. Right. Yeah.
0: So, so they moved to China. He's completely displaced, as was Ralph Macchio in the original, is not happy about it. He's quite a bit younger. So that's a big change. He's been transposed from a teenager – 15, I think Ralph is supposed to be yeah. – to uh, to about 12.
1: Yeah, he says he's 12. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how how old Machio is supposed to be. Johnny, I know, is a senior, so he's probably a a junior or senior in the original.
0: Did you think it worked that that he was younger? Was that a problem for you? I mean, I think I see why it was done in terms of demographic and audience. Like A a 15-year-old now is not the 15-year-old of the mid-80s, and I think that they're trying to get a little bit of a younger kid audience with this?
1: I understood why they did it. I think it was a smart move. I could see taking... If I had a a 12-year-old son, I would be so psyched to take him to this movie. There are certain ways in which I think trying to make a high school movie in 2010 about learning karate would have been a little bit laughable, Uh, whereas it's easier to imagine like a 12-year-old in in our uh, time sort of getting into uh, karate or kung fu. But there are also some problems associated with that, I thought. Um, The... um, you know, there, there's a moment in the original movie, which again is, is echoed in this one, where uh, the Mr. Miyagi figure here, played by Jackie Chan, and his name is Mr. Han, uh, is sort of called upon to defend uh, Dre. And uh, that was like a strangely uncomfortable moment, I thought. There's this long scene where essentially um, – Mr. Han, the Miyagi character, is beating up a bunch of eleven and twelve-year-olds, and whereas in the original movie it was like an old guy beating up some um, you know some local toughs who were seniors in high school, watching an old guy beat up a bunch of little kids felt a little strange. Now they they were sort of savvy about that. They they di- Chan or whoever blocked it uh, made it so that. Essentially, the Han character was making the little kids beat each other up. He was sort of like would hold one of them and like you know and def- and make the other one punch him by accident and it was sort of almost slapsticky, but it still was a little weird. Did you think it was weird?
0: I guess I mean, maybe I just don't mind children being beaten as much as you do <laughs> I just Fair i enough. like I like Jackie Chan so much, and I thought that choreography was so sort of funny and clever that I, I I took it in a comic spirit and I didn't really think about it. The moments that it bothered me that that um that the kid was 12 and that it was about a bunch of 12-year-olds I think had more to do with the um, the extreme violence of some of the later scenes. I mean, right. essentially, this is just a you know twenty five years after the original Karate Kid, people expect more violence from their from their martial arts movies, and right. so so every fight scene, including just getting pushed around at the playground, included you know those loud thwacking punch sounds that always have to go in the soundtrack of a of a martial arts movie, and not blood or gore or anything like that, but just a lot of really severe wailing.
1: Yeah, they were really beating each other up in a way that. Um A was a little hard to believe. I don't know. Maybe what do I know? Maybe in China, um, you know, twelve-year-olds do know kung fu moves like that. But they were doing some crazy stuff. I mean, one of the reasons that I think uh, the original move, the culmination of the original movie, worked so well is when Daniel pulls out the crane technique in the in the final moment. It's like that's like okay, now he's like unleashing this kind of fancy move. But up until that point, it was like pretty basic block and punch and kick. Whereas, like right off the bat in this movie, people are doing Matrix-style crazy martial arts moves, and it's a not,
0: not with matrix special effects, right? They're right. really backflipping, and yeah,
1: they're really backflipping. But they're like at each other in like elaborate holds and crazy helicopter scissor kicks, and I don't know. It just looked it looked completely different. It was very fast. It was kind of hard to even appreciate any of the movements in a way. Um, and certainly in the tournament, what the stuff that they're doing to each other is a little a little wild. One other thing I'd say about the uh, the tweenness of it that was slightly odd is that so the setup in the original movie, the reason that the Zabka character and the Machio character first uh, end up at loggerheads is they're fighting over a girl, right? They're fighting over Elizabeth shoe alley with an eye. And, um, that makes sense. Like he, you know, uh, Zabka has the Zabka character has recently broken up with Allie. He's not over her. All of a sudden, Daniel's kind of moving in on her. So that's really what it's, it comes down to, right? That's why that's where the, uh, Daniel's problems begin. It was a little bit hard for me to understand exactly what the Chinese Zabka's beef was with with the Dre character. Like, why was why did he why was he so upset with him? I guess maybe you know he's this kid from America and. Chang didn't like him, but it was a little bit hard for me to understand why. You're right.
0: It's, the motivation is hard to understand when they're younger, although I think it is implied that Chang, I think the name is of the Chinese Zabka, is, is a little bit sweet on, on Mei, Mei, Mei Ying, Mei right. Jing, the, the Mei girl. Jing that...
1: with a G. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, you're, I mean, he's a little sweet on her, but it's like the, the, whole, the whole sort of love angle is so chaste, you know, there's like one little peck in this movie. Um, it seemed a little, it's a little bit weird, but it's not a big deal.
0: Let me just stop you for a minute, John, for a word from our sponsor, which, as our regular listeners know, is Audible.com, which is a great site with more than 75,000, I believe, books for download. And we have a deal with Audible where if you sign up through our webpage, which is www.audiblepodcast.com slash spoiler, you get a free audiobook, which is yours to keep even if you decide to cancel your subscription within the 14-day trial period. That address, again, is www.audiblepodcast.com slash spoiler. And our recommendation for this week, actually, we went, we went on looking for some uh, some audible properties that might have something to do with the, uh, the theme of this movie. And we came up with, I think this sounds very cool, actually, the Tao Te Ching in English, translated by Stephen Mitchell, who's a, a poet and an essayist and a great translator. He's translated Rilke and all kinds of poetry. I think he either knows every language in the world or he's got some serious minions working for him, but he <laughs> is a really terrific writer. And he has translated The Tao De Ching, which you recommended, John, to go with this movie because of the concept of...
1: Uh, chi. One one of the lessons that um, Han imparts to Dre is uh, involving chi, which I <laughs> I don't know what it means exactly all that well, but it, I think it has to do with uh, balance and sort of uh, being centered. Uh, it's another one. of kind of like Eastern uh, philosophy. ideas. It's not a
0: concept that comes up in the first movie, right?
1: Well, it does, but not in so many words. I mean, Mister Miyagi uh, is always trying to impart to Daniel this idea of Im- imbal- of balance and sort of both literally having balance because it's uh, something that helps you fight, but also Also, this idea of balance and having balance in your life. Um, So it's it's there, but it's not actually described uh, as chi. Whereas I think it's actually mentioned in the new movie, and uh, even the the Chinese character for chi is drawn in the uh, on a train window in the frost.
0: All right. So back to the new Karate Kid. Actually, one one note before we get started. You're right. This should be called the Kung Fu Kid. And I actually find it rather annoying that this movie is trying to borrow on the branding of the famous old movie and call itself the Karate Kid when it is not about karate.
1: Right. There's not a single karate chop in this movie. It's all Kung Fu right from the beginning.
0: And that's made clear from the beginning. I mean, even as a non martial arts person, you can you can just see that it's a different art form. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so to me, that seemed like a cynical move. I actually think it would have been kind of cute and smart to call it the Kung Fu Kid and be reinventing the movie rather than trying to ride on its coattails. I
1: agree. I agree.
0: But I want to talk about all the stuff that I liked about this movie. I feel like we, we started to nitpick and we didn't actually express clearly enough the fact that I think both you and I were very pleasantly surprised by this movie. And I absolutely agree with you that if I had a, a boy a 12-year-old boy or girl, but, I mean, especially in terms of lessons of manhood, I would drag the kid to this movie. I actually think much more than a lot of movies for young men that I've seen recently, this movie has some pretty good lessons. It's very sweet. It actually does retain some of that slow pacing of the original, and the relationship, the central relationship between Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan is quite... it's, it's investigated quite nicely. As I was just discussing in my, my last spoiler special podcast on, on Get to the Greek, I've noticed this kind of kindness deficit in movies for young men that have been made in the past few years. I think Superbad had it, and Hot Tub Time Machine has it, and Definitely. Get Into the Greek has it, where essentially the, these characters, these male buddy characters that are supposed to be bonding during the course of the movie, treat each other so horribly, and with no real reparations during the movie, that at the end it's sort of hard to understand why their friendship would have been bonded. And this movie does not suffer from that at all, which does not mean it's nicey-nice. In fact... I, it's pretty violent and has you know some harsher stuff than the original movie but i just feel like there is that that um importance of reparations in this movie that is really present
1: yeah i mean it's sweet without being saccharine uh and jaden smith i have to say like i was skeptical of him i you know there there the there's so definitely a, a you might think there's some nepotism going on i mean will smith is the uh as produ- a producer on this film but jaden smith was really was really um good i thought he he um you know like he I don't know, he pulled. He pulled off the role. He he could sell the moments where he was really uh, in some emotional turmoil uh, because this is a kid who's been transplanted from Detroit. Um to China, and he's having a rough go of it. Um, he's he can be quite funny. Um,
0: I actually like the fact that he cried quite a bit. Like yeah. I don't know, does does Macchio ever cry in the original movie? It's a it's a whole different thing for a fifteen year old boy to cry than a twelve year old boy in a in a you know movie for kids. So.
1: Yeah, Makio has some rough moments, um, but and I think he might tear up a little bit at the very end um, when he's injured. But yeah, there's definitely more crying uh, in this movie,
0: which but, I love though because it wasn't at all <laughs> presented. It was just sort of part of the vulnerability of the kid, including right. in the final fight scene. Right? I mean, there's there's plenty of moments where he's just scared and, yeah. and he's crying.
1: And also there's a night like there's a nice uh, moment. So everyone uh, we've already discussed the kind of classic wax on wax off training um that Daniel uh gets. The, this movie doesn't actually take the wax on wax off or, you know, paint the fence uh trope uh but it sort of has it, it, it
0: condenses it down it condenses to one it. Yeah. one activity that Jackie Chan forces him to do over and over in training.
1: Exactly. Um and that acti- so uh the han character jackie chan's character uh observes that uh jaden smith's character has this bad habit of just taking his jacket off and throwing it on the floor and it drives his mom crazy she's like she's always saying dre pick up your jacket you know pick up your cha- jacket i i'm too busy to clean up after you um and so uh the the jackie chan character um uses that as a sort of, as the basis for his training and he just makes him day after day after day take off his jacket hanging it, hang it up on a hanging up on a post take it off the post, put it on.
0: Oh, you has to throw it on the ground. Oh, you has to throw it on the
1: ground, pick it up, put it back on, put it on the post, and just kind of do that over and over again. And so just as in the original, it turns out that the motions involved in taking the jacket off, putting it on the post, putting it on the ground, picking it back up, turn out to be motions that are useful in Kung Fu. But there's also this kind of new wrinkle, This and this wasn't there in the original, where it's he's learning Kung Fu unknowingly, but he's also learning the lesson that respect your mom if your mom says pick up your jacket pick up your jacket it's kind of this great little lesson for you know if, if my 12 year old was there I'd be you know poke him in the arm and saying you know <laughs> you know how your mom yells at you about picking up your jacket you know this is a good lesson so
0: I just I love the fact that there's a movie for kids being made in 2010 where hanging up your jacket and respecting your mom are these kind of like cool values yeah you know?
1: totally um, I and just, there's a,
0: and there's a really good payoff to that long there's a good joke payoff to that long jacket sequence which is the moment that he gets home from this exhausting infuriating day that he's done nothing but this absurd jacket Jacket gesture routine, right? And he gets home. His mom says, "How was your day?" And he grumpily goes over and hangs up his jacket without a word, and goes back to his room. And the audience loved it.
1: Yeah, it was it was totally great. Um, and the friend and the friendship between Han and Dre is uh, is also complicated in some of those similar ways to the, the Miyagi Danielson uh, relationship. We we learn that Han uh, is, had also had a sort of tragedy in his past, also lost a wife and son in a car accident. And there's a rather sort of jarring moment uh, in the. Uh, sort of last third of the movie where where um, dre learns that, and uh, his sort of he that 's one of the crying scenes actually uh, and he his sort of understanding of of han 's life uh, deepens and it sort of deepens their friendship too and I also just love i love the a movie about a young person being friends with an old person—that's just such a great trope about you mentorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's mentorship and friendship, uh, friendship across generations. It's just a great, it's just a great um, thing to explore in a movie. I think
0: this movie was a little bit more. I think to its detriment was a little bit more schematic about the uh, the father son type relationship between the yeah. two. For example, it's explained at the beginning that Jaden Smith fa- Jaden Smith's father has died before the movie begins. Right. Whereas in the original, you and I both love the fact that it's never explained why Ralph Macchio has a single mother. right? Yeah,
1: he not, just does. He just does, which and, is like a am- it's amazing that the movie just leaves that alone. but And
0: nor is it ever made explicit that he would be like the son that Mr. Miyagi lost right, right. which it, it, do I, I am I remembering right is that made explicit in this movie yeah
1: here the here Han had a son who was essentially I think who he had lost a 10 year old son so he like already had whereas Miyagi lost a baby and the baby would have been about the same I mean it's you know it's about the same but it's, a, it's like a little bit more heavy handed in this movie
0: yeah there's a little bit more of that sense that you know there has to be some sort of a psychological backstory for everyone Which right. is, whereas the economy of the first one just you know you you created the backstory for yourself and it was it was kind of even better right well, okay, so that's that's some of the stuff we liked about it. Let's get to the final fight sequence and talk about that. I think you're particularly qualified to, to talk about that, given that you've watched the original fight <laughs> sequence countless times.
1: Countless times, um, yeah. So it, it uh, it's actually one more thing where the um, the new movie borrows pretty heavily from uh, the original, the Dre character. Uh, sort of makes his way through the quarterfinals and the semifinals, and has to beat some of the sort of ancillary ba- uh, mean guys. Uh, the 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 bad guys The bad guy posse in the new movie is called a uh, Flying Dragon, I believe, uh, and that's uh, the, the analogous party in the original is the Cobra Kai. Um, and so Dre kind of makes his way up through the tournament, and meanwhile, the Chinese Zabka is making his way through the other <laughs> other half of the bracket. and And then they, we get to the semifinals, and the Chinese Zabka dispatches his uh, opponent in the uh, semifinals without much uh, without really breaking a sweat and then um the sort of like second in command of the flying dragon the sort of uh, the the kid who's second best at um, kung fu is going to fight uh dre and right as he's about to go into the ring the um the leader uh, that's sort of the the bad teacher of the bad guys in this movie uh who by the way is like, amazingly cast he's like the exact chinese version of the sensei in the original movie i could not believe it i mean he was like so awesome and there's like there are posters in the dojo with him wearing like reflective aviator glasses it looks exactly like john crease for those of you who know and can, can conjure the image of john Kreese, the evil sensei from the first movie this guy is the chinese version of him through and through so i, I give uh you know uh
0: some casting director some casting director that.
1: i am tipping i am tipping my hat too um so anyway, the the, the sensei um, says to this guy, who I'll call the the Chinese Bobby, since that was uh, Bobby was the name of the character in the original. Uh, you know, take this, take Daniel out. Uh, I you know I want you to do physical harm to him. I don't want you to just beat him. I want you to break him. Um, and that's that's a moment that happens in the original as well. So the the Chinese Bobby goes out there and just. Lays waste to the leg of Dre, just really kind of pounds on his leg with his elbow in this way that that devastates him, uh, Dre physically. And so there's just like in the original, there's this question whether Dre will be able to come back into the ring and fight uh, for the final bout. Um, the Chinese Bobby is disqualified in the process for of, of delivering this series of body blows to to this to Dre's leg. So that sets up, uh, you know, the same sort of situation where the Chinese sabka is kind of waiting to see if uh, Dre will be able to uh, to fight. And-,
0: and as in the original, there's there's a moment where the, the the master's power is invoked in this almost magical way. Except that here it's sort of been transmuted into to Chinese medicine, right? Right. So what Dre begs Jackie Chan what's the character's name, Han, right. to do is to um, to perform this this Chinese medicine ritual on him where he sets fire to a cotton ball, right. puts a cup over it, and catches the smoke in a cup. I guess that's the equivalent of Mr. Miyagi's just simply had magic hands that he could rub together and yeah. create some sort of force field, healing it was, force field.
1: It was definitely one of the weirder moments in the original movie, or like ideas that Miyagi had this magical ability to rub his hands together and like make you not sore anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the things he kind but of you have you had to, had over- to ask much.
0: him really politely- yeah. Exactly.
1: Um so yeah, so Han has a similar a similar ability and um after some persuading on Andre's part, he uh he does it to him and so he's able to come out for the final bout with a Chinese Zabka. And uh, obviously we've been spoiling away here, but this is a, the final spoiler. The uh, The final fight actually unfolds somewhat differently than the uh, original Johnny-Daniel fight does. In the original <laughs> Johnny and Daniel uh, – jo- actually, Daniel steals the first two points. I honestly feel like Zabka. I'm sitting
0: here with the world expert on the karate <laughs> kid.
1: I wish. Um, I'm up there. Um, anyway, the uh, the points unfold slightly differently, but it gets to the same kind of thing where it's, it's tied two to two. Three points wins. And um, – in the original, of course, Daniel, at that point, when it's tied to two, he breaks out the the crane technique, the famous crane technique, uh, which I've been doing uh, in my <laughs> apartment the last week or so, just for fun. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, if done correctly, uh, no can defend, as uh, Mr. Miyagi says. Um, and in the original, it, it does work and, and Zabka is defeated. Here, they've substituted for the crane technique, the cobra technique? Um, it's, it's sort of like a kissing cousin of the crane technique, but it involves, it's a little bit stupider. It involves like kind of staring at your opponent in a weird way and like kind of mesmerizing them and making, making them zone out a little bit. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't nearly as elegant, uh, a move I thought as the crane technique. I don't know. Did, Did you agree with that?
0: Well, I guess I still found it satisfying because I felt like it was a, uh, it was just it just emblematized what's already implied in the first movie, which is that essentially what makes Ralph Macchio win that competition is his just his goodness and his desire to win somehow, right. right? I mean, it's the training and all of that, but it's also just somehow that essentially it's it's magical thinking almost, right? Like he's overcome enough that he deserves to win, and so he does. Right. And well, I thought also, this movie almost literalized that because yeah. the the way that he learns, right? We've seen the Cobra technique once before in the movie, which is when Jackie Chan t- takes him to this temple way up high on top. Of a, a mountain, and they go on this kind of Buddhist journey of this of this mountain climb. Right. And at the top, they see a woman standing out on a kind of parapet over this leave cantilevered of this incredibly steep cliff, doing the cobra technique with a cobra and, and making it move the way she wants it to move. Right?
1: Yeah, I, I I buy that. I guess what I liked about the crane technique is that it sort of literalized this idea of the idea of balance. Um, that the the thing about the crane technique is it's all balanced. You start out balanced on one on one foot. You guys can't see it. Uh, at home but i'm actually doing it now uh in my chair but uh it's like the whole the whole technique is about balance and and so this idea of balance which miyagi's been trying to teach um daniel is what he goes to in the final moment uh he here the sort of like me- the like you know uh mesmerism of the of the cobra technique it's not quite as easy, it's not quite a, as good a metaphor but i i i agree i think i think you're right that, that it's sort of like it the idea that it would culminate in this move that um is is in some ways Distils the teachings yeah that that's there it's, and, it's
0: actually almost even implied that it, it surpasses the teachings right because Jackie Chan looks on and is amazed he 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 had told Jaden back at the temple, well you know this is out of your league, and you know and yet he manages just to summon it somehow in that right. moment i don't know it worked for me, yeah,
1: yeah, and so um uh Jane Smith wins um and uh, everyone uh, is excited about that, except for, obviously, the uh, leader of the bad guys, the bad sensei. And this is an interesting twist. <clears throat> In the original movie, uh, folks may remember, there's a great moment at the end where Johnny, the arch bad guy, the William Zabka character, he sort of turns good at the end. Um, Daniel wins the bout and then the uh, leader, like the sort of tur- tournament announcer, is going is about to give the trophy to Daniel, and Zabka comes in and takes the trophy from the announcer, and so he can give it to Daniel himself. And he says, "You are right, LaRusso, Good fight." Uh, and so Zabka's redeemed in the sort of like the last, literally the last three seconds of the movie. It's like a very it's a very quick moment, but it's a it's a nice one. Um, and here that that happens too. The Chinese Zabka uh, also has this sort of uh, moment of realization, and he um, kind of goes over to. Um, the Jackie Chan character to actually uh, sort of bow to him, and in fact, a whole slew of Flying Dragon uh, fighters defect from Flying Dragon and, and go, go, bow, to and go bow to Jackie Chan, and it's sort of like they've recognized that the, their teacher, uh, whose message is you know uh, no mercy, you know uh, strike hard, strike first, but in Chinese. Um, you know that, that that's the wrong way, um, which was I, I, you know it's in a very important moment I think in the original movie. And here they sort of almost amplified it by having more of the of the flying dragon uh, go over. in that you know Dutch and uh, Tommy, the these two evilists of the Cobra Kai, even more evil than Zabka. Those guys are never redeemed in the in the original movie. Um,
0: so yeah, this movie goes a little bit further in that direction. But I really think that's an important moment in both movies because in fact that as as Miyagi says, um, no bad student, only bad teacher. Right. Exactly. That seems like a, another important lesson to take yeah, away look, from the
1: movie. Dana, you're already quoting Karate Kid. I think, I think I've think i got a convert <laughs> on my hands.
0: <laughs> well, John, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed watching the old and the new Karate Kid and taping this Slate Spoiler special with you.
1: So you're coming over next week to watch Karate Kid too, right?
0: Oh yeah, we're working our way all the way through <laughs> Hilary Swank. Get ready. <laughs> Alright, thanks a lot, John. Thank you. And thank you all for joining me for this Slate Spoiler special. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens.
1: Strike hard, strike first. No mercy, sir. I can't hear you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cool, that's great. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.